time for the Packet Pushers podcast. Where too much networking would be barely enough. Rooters, witches, A podcast on the data networking industry. Rooting, switching, design, strategies, daily work life, or whatever we find interesting. Whatever it is, we're talking about it. You know, you know, Ethan, it's been 10 years since we started doing yeah. this. <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> so, so I've been thinking about this. Okay, so if you look at my resume, uh, typically mm-hmm. I've, I rotate out jobs every two, three, four years, depending. This is the longest single job I've had. Not that we did it full-time at the beginning. It took a while. No, but uh, but no, 10 years yep. that I've worked with you as a co-worker, of all people, Mr. Farrow. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm not sure who needs a who needs a medal, you or me. It's a little hard to tell. It's, it's... Give each other medals. <laughs> the, the the fantastic tolerance award. <laughs> yeah. So this is the this is the um, very odd occasion where you'll hear Ethan and I actually talking about ourselves to ourselves. So we don't generally do this, and very rarely, if you've been listening to the show regularly, do we ever actually put our personal lives or anything about the packet pushes as a business on the thing. But this is our 10-year anniversary show. We started in May 2010, and it's been quite a journey. Well, you summed it up nicely uh, several times here that we've been too stupid to quit. That is, yeah. there's a <laughs> lot of reasons along the way where it's like, we need to stop doing this for our yeah. personal sanity, for time's sake, for whatever. Yeah. Um, and we didn't. We just kind of have kept on going. But of course, now you're a little more motivated because it is our livelihood. Yeah, it is. But in Silicon Valley, they call it true grit and the top leaders never give in. And I call it being too stupid to quit because it's just that's actually what it is. (laughs) Any rational human being would have gone on back to work and done normal jobs, you know, disappeared into the woodwork and not uh, face up. You know, remember, there was a time back there when we would say things and we'd get abused by vendors and We'd be contacted by senior execs threatening us with various things, and that's cha- that's no longer a thing. Obviously, as the chain, you know, as as social media and and influencers are now seen as analysts, that's changed that game a lot. The, the tone has changed, and and now we just got to be careful that what we say makes good sense and is actually benefiting someone. <laughs> that's that's always a balance that we strike. Well, for those people who don't know, how does packet pushes? think about what we do. And I think that's worth talking about because what we think of ourselves as trying to do and what we actually set out to do 10 years ago was we wanted to talk about our work, about what we were doing professionally. And we were struggling with lack of access to information. Um, We wanted to hear what other people are doing. We wanted to share what we were doing with other people so that we could then learn from that and do better in the work, right, As, as networking engineers. And so part of what... Packet pushes try to achieve is to help you with professional development would be the big fancy word for it. So that we are out there trying to give you information of a full spectrum of information that will help you as a person, not as a company. See, a lot of the vendor marketing is about you as a company and they want to sell the company a product or services or get a, a maintenance contract or, you know, get something out of you. What we want to do is give you information so that you can make your own decisions. That, that, yeah, that, so we're that's about exactly pro- it. That's, mm. Yeah, professional career development, right, is exactly it. So 
so if, if you look at the kind of things that, uh, that Greg, that you and I were recording about back in the day, 2010, mm-hmm. 2011, 2012, it tended to be more hands-on in the trenches kind of stuff than we do. We still do some of that now, of course, but um, that was a, a major focus because that's what we were doing day to day. But as this job has evolved and as the many of you that listen have been listening We've been put in this position of, okay, we can get access to the vendor. We can get good information out of them. Then we can share that with you. Uh, and that's that's like the mission now. That's like the thing. Okay, mm. so-and-so's got the new Whizbang product with the What's It, and it does SD-WAN now, too, with security. Oh, so, <laughs> okay, great. What, what does that actually mean? So let's look at Whizbang 2.0 and think about that, and how does that mesh in with the rest of your architecture, and how what's their pricing model? Who are their partner and alliances that you need to be concerned about? And and what was their most recent round of funding? Is their runway three months or three years? Yeah, what's right, that all yeah. look like? And we're so not we, we, telling you how to think. We're helping you make your own decisions because everybody's situation is a little bit different. We all have the same networks. We all use the same technology, but the situation is often unique. This company works this way. This company works that way. This company wants to use Calayard. This company doesn't, you know, that sort of stuff. But what I'm mentally trying to do when we put together our content and put people on is to get you thinking about things and help you be prepared for whatever's coming down the pipe. And that is what we focus on. That's why you won't hear us, you know, talking about spanning trees so much. Um, if you're just focused. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I mean, well, it's okay. To this... So just, just, you, you made a funny example, but, yeah. but there isn't, there's a difference between focusing on the minutia of how technology works, the nerd knobs and backing up a bit, looking at the big picture and understanding how all the technology is meant to work together. So what yeah. we're hoping you, you in the audience are getting is a perspective so that when you're in that conference room, someone is making a pitch or there's a big project coming up, you are so up to date with everything going on in Mm -hmm. the networking industry, with cloud, with security, with whatever it is, that you can articulate clearly, ah, this is a use case for this. Here's a vendor or a product I think we should be considering. Or there's a new technology that the IETF has been trying to standardize and it's about there. Maybe this is a time for us to adopt that because you're aware, you're in the loop. So quite a few people over the years come up to me and say they went from junior engineer to senior engineer to chief architect, you know, to senior architect just by knowing things that other people around the table didn't. And they said that they got most of it from listening to the shows and they'd be in meetings and then people would say, you know, oh, we, what we really need is something that does this. And they would pipe up and say, oh, you know, there is a technology that does that. We should go and talk to this company. Or That's what we're trying to achieve is uh, share knowledge with you that's relevant to strategy, to design, to um, architecture, to leading your technical organisation and having the answers to, we don't want to be training. We don't want to be, you know, unpacking the mathematics of the OSPF algorithm. That's well covered elsewhere. And, you know, a lot of the vendor micro certifications have that well and truly covered. There's no point in redoing that. And that's also complimentary to that or they're complimentary to us uh, if you want to look at it that way. Because that's exactly it, Greg. Yes, exactly. We try to be complimentary. You might still go and listen to podcasts or media from other places, but we've still got a place in all of that. And that's why we have the Human Infrastructure magazine, because that talks almost explicitly about we put articles in there that focus on career development and personal matters and lifestyle choices. So if you want that, plus we put out a bunch of links for you to read every Friday. 
Oh yeah, so that when you when you do want to click through because so and so built I'm just thinking of some of the links that are going to go out in the issue tomorrow. Uh oh someone was working with the Wi-Fi or something like that. Wi-Fi Pi, mm-hmm. Raspberry Pi with wireless and a whole uh, case for it and special software that lets you do analytical stuff. You want to read that stuff. We're still giving you all that stuff so you can click yeah. through. It's not like we don't do that stuff. I'm coding in Python. I'm working with automation stuff as I can and uh, and so on. We still do those things, but it's just a different emphasis because we don't want to – this isn't CCNA training, I think. No, uh, would, would and there's a place for that, but that's not us. So those are the sorts of things. We have the IPv6 podcast, which is all about IPv6. We have the network break, which is news of the week. And we offer you a number of opinions or ideas. So I can give you my opinions or my perspective. But what I also try to do, what Drew and I try to do, is to give you different takes or different ways to think about it. And you can choose which one of those thoughts might make sense in your context. Let's talk about cynicism for a second, because there is a dose of cynicism that comes with all of these opinions, that whether it's technology that we're talking about, whether it's you know a news event on Network Break, there is some cynicism for which we... I guess you more than me, Greg, because you're more outspoken than I am. But <laughs> yeah. I, I've got my own share of a, uh, of a dark, cynical streak that comes out. Now, just, just to give you a quick take on it, when you work with a lot of vendors, as we do, and you talk to a lot of marketing folks, and you've seen a lot of technology come and go, and Greg, you and I are pushing 25 and even mm-hmm. 30 years in, uh, in technology in various ways, uh, we've been through a lot of life cycles of different products and stuff. And so when the latest and greatest new shiny comes down the line, our first response isn't, yes, finally, the thing that's going to save us. It's, here's another piece of crap that's going to be gone in two years. Why do I care about it this time? That is the default position. Yeah, and I think also we have to reflect the fact that a lot of the market is very profit-driven at the moment and very margin-driven. And from my point of view, a lot of companies are producing products that aren't necessarily aligned to what customers want. They're very much aligned to what vendors want, which is lazy, minimum effort. And that's perfectly normal, right? That is not something new, but it's becoming very wearing that companies go out and say, this is totally what customers want. And you look at it and you go, I'm sure there are some customers who want this, but most of them don't. This is not exactly in the line of what they want to achieve. What you've done is said, this is what I can produce. Now I've got to go and sell it to people. And in fact, they have to put so much effort into selling it that something like 50% of the cost of a product that you buy is actually the cost of selling it to you, which is, Mm. it's hard not to be a little cynical about enterprise IT in its current form. The Cisco's of the world certainly are in that position where a huge amount of the overhead Mm. is tied up in uh, the sales and uh, and marketing efforts. Of which we're a part. That's where sponsorship comes from. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Hopefully we're doing marketing (laughs) in a way that's effective and useful to you, but oh, yeah. That's part of how we, we get paid. The interesting part about that was we had we struggled with this a lot years ago about how do you, you know, take money on one side but say keep your integrity and your honesty on the other hand. And the answer is just keep being honest and, and eventually it all works out. And that's what we've had. We've had, you know, times when vendor executives have made various accusations and threats against us. And we've said, look, that's just what we think. I don't – it's your choice it's to opinion. believe – it's our perspective. You've got yours. We're not saying yours is any better or worse than ours, but go out and make a difference. Get customers, you know, on board with it. Convince people to buy that product. And if it turns out, then I'll eat crow and admit I was wrong. <laughs> and I do, on the, you know, often. And also snark is a little fun too. You know, it's a lot more fun than, <laughs> you know, reading it like Walter Cronkite. 
the news of America. <laughs> Today, we're not a news I, organization. I mean, we are, but we're not. You know, we're, we're, there's also, of course, an entertaining component, and we hope you laugh a little bit and eye roll a little bit, and you know, you're hmm. listening and, and getting some emotional charge out of it once in a while because you know some of the shows we do they are heavy and technical and can be a little tedious and so cracking a joke just kind of relieves the tension almost like (laughs) oh gosh i was trying to remember what that thing was in the header he's talking about and then somebody cracked the joke and it was such a relief you know and then you can kind of kind of reset and keep going with whatever that heavy content is that we're covering yeah, it's interesting how much the I guess part, uh, how the underlying issue there is how much this podcasts have changed over the 10 year period. When we started, there was nobody doing podcasts and the challenge was most people couldn't even play a podcast. You know, it was difficult well, and then Oh man, yeah, it wasn't that nobody well, there wasn't anybody doing what uh, you know, networking stuff for sure. Um no. but but what was out there was it was a, a fringe thing that people were consuming. Listening to them was like, oh, it's because you had an iPod and, it, and Apple made it easy, and that's the only reason you did. Yeah. Um, or you had your, your, your iPhone a uh, little bit later on. But then quality of what was out there, by and large, was, oh, it was terrifyingly bad. And it <laughs> yeah. still is in some degree. It still um, is. But- <laughs> I mean, there's still a lot of podcasts, they just don't even have decent sound quality or the guests come on and talk in a monotone all the way through. And you can hear them taking breaths as they read straight from the screen. <laughs> you know what? You know what? We just put our foot in it a little bit because sometimes some of our shows, the sound quality isn't great. And there are some people out there going, uh-huh, right, mm-hmm. guys. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. your sound quality blows. You have no idea how long we spend with the guests to get their sound as good as it can be. Yeah. You have no idea how much ink we've spilled, digital ink, in the form of templates and things that we put in calendar invites and and boilerplate we send in emails explaining what a good mic is what a bad mic is and so many guests just you just don't read it they just don't yeah. care they don't, um, some yeah. of them do and they rock up and they come on the mic and we're like oh you sound amazing <laughs> thank yeah. you and the audience thanks you and so yeah. many other people it's like i'm sitting here on my speakerphone in this conference room with all glass yeah. that's yep. it yeah. Or I'm in a coffee shop. I'm ready to go. Can you hear me yeah. over the coffee machine? Is it okay if I call you from the airport? We've had that one a few times. <laughs> so it's very different now too, because we're also competing with YouTube and even computer games. There's a whole lot of different stuff. And we're starting to see a lot more podcasts in the technology space as people um, see it as a way forward. So we are in an interesting situation where there is a lot more competition coming out. Um, and it's going to be interesting over the next few years to see how that shakes out. Maybe we won't be here. You never know. It's hard to say. We can't predict the future. You know, for now, it's again ten years. It's been a, a you know an outstanding ride. Our subscriber numbers are, are great. Things have changed with the pandemic, of course, because a lot of you folks are not. Uh, in your cars commuting, which is when a lot of you listen to podcasts. So some of you have put the whole podcast scene on hold while you just deal with life. You know, we get that. And and we'll see over the next few months as things open back up if that, if our curve uh, normalizes, goes back to uh, to where it was. Uh, but we're, we're reflecting the same thing the rest of the industry is seeing for podcasting, where there's a, oh, 10, 20, sometimes more percent yeah. decrease in, in folks listening because, hey, you're home. You're dealing uh, with And your why kids. not? That's also a good point for us to say. We do actually value follow-up. If you think we're not doing it right, uh, we're here for positive and negative criticism. We want to hear what we're getting wrong. Uh, if you've got an idea of a podcast that you want us to run to talk about, send us that idea and we can... Well, we'll do our best to put it on. We can see if we can find guests and 
run the topic, if it's the right sort of topic that we think we can cover in terms of, you know, is it a professional development sort of an idea? You can't always. I mean, no. some of the some of the requests that come through from you folks are very particular or very niche, you know, really fall into a, a tiny little space. And just depending on what all is on the calendar, because we, we map our shows weeks and months in advance, maybe this just may not be a hole that we can really put that in. Although... Uh, I'm going to be working on taking some of the more esoteric stuff and maybe making it a YouTube interview, you know, instead of a podcast thing, if we don't have a slot available in the podcast yeah. calendar. So head on over yeah. to packetpushes.net slash FU for follow-up, FU, just nice and short, and send us your FU and tell us the feedback. And uh, we don't need your email address or anything like that. It's all kept private. We don't particularly want to know who you are. And that's another thing. We continue 10 years in not to try and ask for personal details, not to ask where you work. As far as possible, we respect your privacy and your integrity. If you want to give us feedback anonymously, we will, it lacks some credibility, but we'll take it on board and we'll, we'll listen to it. You know, that's okay. Yeah. When you're anonymous, it's like, we get it. You know, we understand people's privacy and they want to be anonymous. I'm, I'm exactly the same. In fact, it's, it's gotten worse. It, it could be a sickness, some might say, um, I worry about <laughs> privacy. Um, it, but It what, always but feels because, like a seagull dropping in and dropping a, dropping a dump on us. Just <laughs> and, and so many of you work for vendors that listen to the show that it's like, if you're actually just pissed because you were work for a vendor and your product was maligned or something, but mm. you're not willing to say who you are, then we can't contextually place the comments and know how to interpret that information because mm. it all, we try, try to balance all of those things, whether it being not critical enough, too critical, what about this other product you didn't say anything about, et cetera. The yeah. source that that information comes from can sometimes be pretty important. So, you know, all those things. I mean, that's where Packet Pushes is. The business, uh, you know, as a business, we're doing okay. We're not, uh, we won't be making, you know, Silicon Valley kind of money. We've never have, and I doubt we ever will, but the business is strong. We'll definitely be here till 2021. Um, after that, who knows? We'll just take it on the cheek and, you know, as, as things go on, we'll just keep going on. And just a one idea here, yeah. we did try some virtual events uh, over the last two years where we did the, you know, the webinar style thing. Uh, the virtual we, design clinic thing. Yeah, we did yeah. four of them in 2020, or th at least three of them. I think maybe we didn't do the fourth one. I forget. Yeah. But yeah, we did um, We did those. Um, and then the whole idea was, yeah, we've got a design challenge and we're going to talk through it and we'll get a sponsor that we know is going to use some, hopefully present some good, solid technical information about their product. We'll do some Ask Me Anythings, which were really popular. The Ask Me Anything portions seem to be, we'd, we'd go kind of more rapid fire where we talked about a topic for three, four, five minutes maybe until we kind of ran it out of gas and then move on to the next question. We did some of those. So I think yeah. the question, Greg, is do you folks out there care? Because everybody's doing virtual events. Do you want us to also do virtual events or does that not make sense um yeah. you know, i don't know i've, there's, I've there's kind the, of been thinking i've been kind of thinking we should do the you know friday night drinkies or maybe we should do it on saturday or a sunday you know like get together for at a, the challenge is doing them in a time zone for everybody because i'm yeah. in the uk you're in american eastern we've got a lot of our audiences in australia and south pacific yeah. area you know you know, yeah, you guys that, in Australia are especially getting screwed as far as the time goes. So yeah. many of these events we cater towards, like we can, there's a happy medium we can strike where we can get the West Coast of North America and most of Europe, you know, East, uh, Western Europe and Central Europe kind of in a live time zone. That's a pretty good swath mm -hmm. of people. But that's not you if you're in Australia. <laughs> you get screwed at those times. It's like two in the morning or something for you. So, that's it, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I've been tossing up actually holding one like early Sunday morning my time, which is Sunday evening Australian time. So maybe I should, you know, do that. It'd probably be me me doing coffee and them doing beers or gin, but, you know, whatever. But hit that follow-up page, that FU page on packetpushers.net yeah. if you're interested in virtual events. And if so, what does that look like to you? What do you want to hear? Do you not care about 45-minute or hour-long presentations where someone does a deep dive on something and just stick with the AMAs? Or do you want some of it or all of it? Do you care if it's live or not live? Would you just want us to, like, record AMA sessions in a, you know, a, a chat where we're all... Mm-hmm. Uh, explaining the interesting local brew that uh, we've selected for <laughs> this evening's revelry and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and then we've always tried to stay away from the chitty chat because it's not very valuable. It's not professional. You know, tonight's favorite No, I'm thinking, is, I'm thinking, yeah. I'm thinking, ask me anything, but, but mm. with, with a beverage. I mean, you did two beer networking and they were super popular, right? Yeah, they were, but, you know, it was really difficult because the only time I could record them was... On a Tuesday Drunk. or Wednesday oh, afternoon. Oh, on a Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, like getting to the pub at 2 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon, that you, there's your day gone, right? Everything after that's downhill. So it's a bit of a challenge in that sense. Uh, was fun, though, for a while to get it out, and I had a lot of fun doing them. Maybe I should try and restart them in my backyard or something. But I, I think the point is we are trying to understand you in the audience, what else is interesting to you or if enough is enough and we're already putting out too much content because we've certainly gotten that complaint of this, the sheer volume of the shows. We're putting something out almost every single day between YouTube, the six different podcasts, the newsletter and so on. And we understand that there is a lot there. Well, Greg, I want to, I want to mention one more resource here, which is our packet pushers audience Slack channel. If you Mm -hmm. uh, go to packetpushers.net slash Slack, you can see the rules. There aren't many. Basically, it's don't be obnoxious and don't pitch your stuff. That's kind of it as far as mm-hmm. the rules go. And you can join on in. And as I look right now as we're recording this, there are 1,000 people in the general channel. And most of the conversations that are in there are technical. Like today, I'm seeing people who are discussing a field notice from Cisco about ASA 5508s or 5516s, how they might uh, fail tied to something vaguely like the clock chip problem that we had some years ago. We've had some people giving each other advice about which Juniper switch they should buy. Um, And and it's a lot of conversations like that. Um, Automation techniques and sharing of primarily it's deeply technical information from fellow network engineers is the vast majority of what's discussed here. Uh, and there's some other channels in there too. But the point is, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. Join the Slack channel. If you break the rules, we'll kick you out. So don't break the rules. And like I said, there aren't many of them. Just go to packetpushers.net. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And it's there to, as a community. If you just want to chat to people, we've got chat rooms. You can jump off into a chat room and chat about your favorite whiskey or beer. But then there's the general channel where you can ask for help. And, you know, there's lots of good people in there throwing advice around. And some of the vendor engineers are there who are helpful. Mm-hmm. They're not being, we control them and make sure they don't get out of control and turn into sales freaks or, you know, offensive stuff. So that's all good. So it's a moderated, I guess it's a safe space for engineers to go and ask for help. So Yeah, that's, yeah, that's exactly right. To say but space. other than that, yep. 10 yep. years, thank you very much, my friend. I really appreciate you putting up with me for this long. It's quite a, well, quite, a quite an thank achievement. Thank you, Greg. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I know. I congratulate myself often. Ah, I made it with another dude with Carol. Oh, good on me. I'm doing well. But we're um, incredibly grateful to you in the audience. Everything we do is for the audience. You might even notice we very rarely mention our own names. 
we don't talk about who we are or what we do or why our fa- you know what's happening to us or what we what we're doing is really genuinely trying to focus on your experience it's about what we can give you it's not about us so we try as best we can not to let our egos get in the way here and uh that's about the only thing i can promise you is that our egos are pretty pretty well abandoned by now we've made fools of ourselves for 10 years <laughs> i don't think we can have yeah, much ego I, left yeah. all i can say is I'm, I'm still as an engineer at heart embarrassed when i get things wrong so i do try to keep those and i have a little ego left but uh aside from that ah yeah we get made fun of here and there i've had people quote me for weird things i've said or pronounced wrong whatever all in good fun all in good fun and, and as greg said Thanks to all of you that have listened. We get emails from some of you that have listened since the very beginning. Um, it, you know, it's incredible. Uh, we, we do appreciate you sticking with us for so long. We're, you're our friends. Um, some of you we've never met, and maybe we never will. Um, many of you we have. We get to see you at uh, global events as uh, we have an opportunity to get on a plane and, and attend them, and, and maybe someday we'll be able to do that again. Um, but, I don't, but do, again you miss, thank you. do you miss travel? No. Yes. No. No. You know what I mean? It's both. Yeah. Mostly, no. The hassle of travel is terrible, and and a lot of things about conferences are awful and and all the rest of it. But when I get to meet people and chat in person, I value that incredibly. And I've had incredible one-on-one conversations with folks, usually in the context of the conference, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. I've made friends or I've learned things. Or some of you have become podcast guests because you came up after – you saw me speak or whatever it was, and it turned out you had a really cool project you were working on. And I yeah, value yeah. those things incredibly and miss those experiences. The rest of it, yeah. you know, walk, you walk into one hotel room, you've walked into all of your hotel rooms. They're all the same. It's the, the experiences of getting there is rough. You're out of place with time zones. You're crowded <laughs> by people and schedules I, uh, and, and all the, the rest. And so, yeah. and that's a good point. If you're somebody out there who's doing a project that you can talk about, or you've got a network that you administer. Like we did a couple of shows with Brian Jeans from the University of Idaho, and he's hmm. the uh, senior, you know, he's the owner of that network and talking about the stories that it takes for him to run that network. I'd love to put more of those shows out there, but finding you is hard, especially now that we travel less and now in the era of the pandemic. So if you've got a network that you want to talk about, and there's also another format, which is we've had a couple of people say, I've got design problems. So we did a recorded a show recently uh, with somebody who wanted to know more about WISP design, so why building a wireless ISP. So we knew somebody who did wireless ISPs, and we're just about to publish a show talking about what it took to design and why you design it and some of the thinking that you might go through from somebody who's a professional WISP designer. So um, there are plenty of ways we can do shows. If you think you want to do that, just remember we ain't going to make you look stupid. Uh, and by the way, it. you don't have to be explicit about your company or your employer. Um, A lot of folks have found that when they find out, hey, I want to talk about my project. Can I company? And the company comes back and says, yep, but just don't talk about us. Um, So, yeah, that's worked for lots of people that have been on the show. Um, So you don't have to say, I work for the blah, blah company. You just say, I work at a, I don't know, large restaurant organization. And just leave it at that. And some Yeah, we don't need to know the company. it's the it's the process. It's the design that you went through, the process of elimination or the evaluation. hard lessons learned, the hard knocks, yeah. the, the 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 mistakes you made and, and improved on, and that things that are going to help your fellow man is the idea. So if you've got one of those stories, do get in contact with us, and then we'll set it up and we'll make you look good as we can. 
uh, because we'll just Definitely. make sure the show is structured and prepared and you know what you're in for. And it's all edited, so you can't go yeah. wrong because that's how we yeah, manage we to look halfway intelligent. Because <laughs> That's another great point. We don't wing any of these shows. Every show's got a script. we got a set of questions. It's planned. We we prepare and work with you so that by the time we hit the record button, you're, you're ready to rock. It's not like, I don't know what's happening now. Oh, no. No, mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's a lot of structure to it that uh, takes the pressure off you so that if you have performance anxiety related to a microphone, ah, you'll be fine. It's you'll be us. fine. Don't worry about it. We got you covered well. Thank you, everybody, for joining us for the last 10 years, if you have been. And if you've joined us more recently, hopefully you've got a little bit more insight into how we think about what we're doing and uh, a little bit of information about us. It'll be a few years now before we actually come back on just to talk about ourselves. So uh, maybe that's uh, maybe that's a good thing. And Ethan, thank you for being my buddy and thank you for being a fine business partner to keep doing this. Yeah, and the same, right back at you, Greg. Uh, (laughs) A lot of you don't know this, but Greg and I are perfectly fit as business partners. It's a weird and wonderful relationship (laughs) that we didn't know that about each other when this whole thing started and it's worked out uh, in a unique and outstanding way. Yes, we are complimentary and you, the audience, you are the most important part of us. I'll be complimentary to you. Send us your feedback. Tell us what's going on out there. And uh, if there's anything that we can do for you, we're here to help. Get in contact. See you soon. The Packet Pushers podcast is delivered on a best effort basis and cannot be held responsible for problems you notice on your network after listening. Excessive jitter, interface flapping, empty toss values, overlapping IP subnets, IPS false positives, stale port descriptions, congested uplinks, broadcast storms, topology loops, flatulence in the hot aisle, clogged fan intakes, failed firmware upgrades, IP fragmentation, lacking IPv6 support, failing line cards, FCOE, soup failovers, missing unicorns, out-of-order packets, keyboard cruft, unlabeled equipment, decaf coffee, catastrophic power failures, rogue access points, and bacon shortages may result and are not our fault. The choice of a networking podcast is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements or disclaimers. The Packet Pushers podcast is copyrighted, all rights reserved. Please tell a friend.